0: This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Perak Yud Aleph Pusik Lamed Bezin, Parshas Noah, 5783. It says, So Terach, his life, the days of his life were five years and two hundred years, two hundred and five years, and then Terach died in the city of Haran. Right in the land of Charan, I guess we should call it that. Now, this is an amazing pasuk. It's the end of Parshas Noah. So Sforno says that the point of this pasuk, right, is telling us what Terach lost out on by not joining uh, joining Avram Benu over the next sixty years of his life. He left by the time Avram Avinu left he had 60 more years and he didn't go with him he must have heard about his son's success you would assume he would have heard about it Karan is not that far from Eretz Kenan, but yet he never joined him neither him nor any person from his family they could have had fame and fortune the same way Lot did Lot became famous and Lot also got a lot of riches by being with Avram Vinu. but instead he died him together with his entire family without fame without fortune they're only known at all the only reason why I know them is because of Avram Vinu's family that's it The Barbanel says the exact same thing it's like a simple lost opportunity. For years, he didn't make up for it. How could he not make up for it? The Malbim says that this was Hashkacha from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Meaning, this wasn't Terach making a decision. This is a Baruch Hu making sure that Terach wouldn't be there with Avraminu to take Avraminu down. It would be difficult for Avraminu to build up his life as a superman in Eretz Canaan with his father saying, I don't think you should do this, I think you should do that. And Avraminu being the kind person that he is, having to listen to his father or do certain things when it came down to that. In order for Avraminu to grow into the person that he was, he needed to leave his father. And that's part of Lech Lecha. And even though maybe Tarek wanted to, and it seems like Tarek even went part of the way with him, in the end, HaKadosh Baruch Hu didn't let him so that Avram grew the way he was supposed to do. And Rav, Rav Miller says, again, this is one of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's strategies to make Avram Avinu greater, to keep Terach away. That doesn't mean, by the way, that Terach still couldn't have made the decision to go. Had Terach pushed himself, as we've said by Paro, we've said in other cases, of course he could have ended up doing it, but because he didn't push himself, he didn't do such a thing, therefore Avram became the person that he was and the great man that he became. Interestingly, Ora Chaim HaKadosh says, Terach lived 57 years longer, than his father Nahor, because of one of two reasons, it's either one of these two reasons either because he helped Avram in some way to become the person that he became, which is kind of the opposite but maybe, you know, in the time that Avram was still growing, he made him into something great, and that's why his death is put next to the Pussik of Lech Lecha, which started Avram's career of an Eved Hashem, maybe that's the idea behind it, or because he was actually supposed to live longer, and had he gone to Eretz Canaan with Avram, he would have lived longer, but because he didn't he died at 205, and therefore. Therefore he died early, so to speak. He got a couple extra years because of what he did for Abra Minu, but he actually did not live the amount of years that he should have lived. That's how the Orachayim HaKadosh puts it. What an unbelievable thing. The truth is, Rav Victor Miller says, that mentioning Terach and his life as Avram Vinu's father shows the MS of our Torah. That shows how true our Torah is. The Torah does not hide things, even when there's something embarrassing. And this is embarrassing. Our forefather was an Oveda Vodazara. A person that was in charge over here was someone who was an Oveda Vodazara. That's something that seems a little bit strange. Not only his father, but also his brother, Haran. Terach, uh, Nahor, I'm sorry. Those people were Obedi Avodah Zari. Joshua mentions this in Perach of Dillin, and we mention it every year on Pesach that Avraminu was part of our family. He didn't, Avramina didn't come from a strong lineage. He didn't have a huge family. He created his own. We're willing to say that that's true. We're willing to say even though it looks bad, that our forefather's father was an evil person. That shows that the Torah was not given by any human being. We would hide this, we wouldn't say it. We certainly wouldn't remember it every Pesach. Why would we say that? Why would we bother saying that? It shows that we're trying to show us, look, yes, we came from, but we built ourselves up and we made ourselves greater. So Rashi says that Avram had already left to Canaan, as we've been mentioning, 60 years earlier. When Terach, not when he was 205, when Terach was altogether 145 years old, 145 years old, Avram Vinu then had Lech Lecha. He lived for 60 extra years. He died in Charon in Mesopotamia. We know this from a quick calculation. Terach gave birth to Avram when he was 70 years old. And Avram was 75 years old when he went to Eretz I know that there are some opinions that he went at 70, but certainly Lech Lecha happened at the age of 75. 70 plus 75 is 145, and he died at 205. That means he had 60 extra years that he lived without Avram Vino's his family. That's the cheshbin right there. The Rashi asked if so. So someone might ask, why mention Tarak's death now? Why mention it here and not 60 years later? Think about this for a second. 60 years later. Puts Avram Avinu at the age, let's go, if Avram Avinu is 75 now, right, he would be altogether 130 years old. The best place to put the death of Terach is right before the Akedah. That would be the best place to put it. You have the Akedah about to happen. Avram was 137 when that happened. He's 130 when his dad died. So right before the Akedah in Parsha's Vayera, you could write that Tarak died. Why not put it over there? And the answer, says Rashi, is because it looks bad. It looks bad. Avram Avinu left his elderly father, his 145-year-old father, in Haran to go to Eretz Kinnan as if he didn't care about the mitzvah of Kibbutzim. That looks bad. Therefore, the Pusach says, "Terach passed away, which is technically true, says Rashi, since Roshayim are called dead even while they're still alive, and Terach was a Russia, right? Live people are called, right? Tzadikim are called alive even when they're dead, the same way. But dead people, right, he could be considered dead even now, even though he lived another 60 years, right, because he was a Russia. That's the idea behind it. That's how Rashi says it over there. Now, The Mizrahi doesn't understand this question at all. Who's going to say that this looks bad? Who's going to say that? The people at the time? The people at that time? They don't know the Torah. The Torah wasn't written for them. The Torah was written way earlier. That doesn't make any sense. That can't be it. So who in the world would write this? Why would that be over there, right? If it's written for people later on, right, wouldn't they know that it was a command from Hashem for him to leave? Dave, how are you but wouldn't they know that it was a command from akadosh baruchu to leave and that lech, lech was given to them for some other reason this seems a little bit strange how when was this for who was this for she says he says certainly it was for us there's no question it's for us meaning for the people after avon Vinu's time after the Torah was written it looked strange that avon Vinu didn't bring him with him to eretz kanan it looked strange why didn't he bring his dad with him? It just looks strange to us. Why would he leave him on his own in Haran itself? The reason why he did so, says Rashi, is because he was a Russia and he didn't, wasn't supposed to be with him. And that's why Avram left him. And since people wouldn't necessarily understand that, the Pasek hid it by writing his death first. So again, it wasn't for the people at the time, the Mizrahi says, it's for the people later on. Now here's the problem. We know that Tarek did Tshuva at the end of his life. There's a Rashi that says it straight out in Peri Tesvav, Tesvav, that Tarek did Tshuva at the end of his life and that he was a great person. But at this point, he could have still been a Rashi. And Avram didn't want to take him with. That's Meduyik in Rashi that says, tshuva bishas misa. Not that Tarek did Tshuva when he saw that Avram was a Tsadik and that everything was going well. He only did Tshuva at the end of his life. And again, by this time, Avaminu had had almost everything done to him. He just hadn't done the akeda. He had passed nine of the ten tests when Terach died. Perhaps that was enough to be able to convince him, and that's that. Now, that's one opinion, and that's how Rashi seems to say it. And the Mizrahi says it as well, that he did Shuvah at the very end of his life. But at this point, when Avraminu was told Laklacha, Lech Terach is still a Russia. The Ramban has a crazy opinion. Terach never really did Shuvah. He has a chilek in Olam Haba. That's true. He has a chilek in Olam Haba. Why? In the schus of his kid. In the schus of having a person like Abram Vinu. Tarech is up there in Shemayim right now, in Olam Haba. And they say to him, like, you did tshuva? The answer is no, says Ramban. He never did tshuva. I never did tshuva, says Tarech. But how in the world could I have made a child like this? It must be that I had some schus, some merit. And that merit brought him to Olam Abba itself. That's the idea behind it. The ata tavo elavo secha You will come to your father's resting place in peace. Which is the words that were told to Tarek that he was going to have a portion in the world to come. Is You are going to have a place to, in the world to come. But not because of Rashi that he did tshuva. Says the Ramban, because he had a kid like Avraminu itself. That's the idea behind it. Now... There are other answers to this question. Look, Tarak was a person who sold Avodah Zarah to other people and convinced them to do Avodah Zarah. That clearly is something that, I would, without a question, we'd call Achil Hashem. Achil Hashem does not have a kapara. There is no atonement for Achil Hashem until the end of your life by death. You only get that by death itself. Says so the part of So it makes sense. Again, since he needed death, to become a Baal Shuba. he couldn't be a Baal Shuba without it. He couldn't get that full kapara without it. It makes sense that it happened at the end of his life, and that's the idea of what happened right over there. But there's so many different answers. There's a tzedek lederach, the maskul David, the nachlas David, nachlas Yaakov. I'm sorry, and the Be'er They're all out there in the same idea. Yeah, what's up, Shalom? But he sounds like that he actually did earlier, was just bishas when he got that kapara. According to Rashi, or according to, which one are you going with? it could be that he did chuva earlier the part is didn't say anything he's saying the only reason why we're only mentioning it by his death and why it sounds like he wasn't at balchuva yet is because he may not have fully done chuva until his death because you can't get a full kapara until the death itself so we don't know like he's sort of like leaving it as an open question but we will consider some Baal tshuva, as, long as do tshuva, whatever it is down here I mean, even if he didn't get full kapara yeah for a full khalashem. you are right but that, is that enough to get your halik in olam haba it's possible that in order to get that Chilik Nolava, which is all based on that, that's what the words are saying, the Atzah Tavol you'll go to your fathers in peace, in other words, Avram's father is Terach, it must be that he did something. What did he do? This must be the answer. In some way, this has got to be the answer. That's the idea behind it. Now, the Ramban doesn't understand the question of Rashi as well, but for another reason altogether. He says we always talk about the father's death before going on to the son throughout the entire Torah. Meaning, even if the father lived for many years, we always talk about that. It's, we know that Yitzchak died way later in the stories. Like He was alive when Yosef was sold down to Mitzrayim. Yet we mention Yitzchak's death earlier, because once we want to start talking about Yaakov, we just say, all right, and then Yitzhak died. Now we'll talk about Yaakov, even though Yitzhak Avinu is still alive. So we see that. So why can't we do that over here? We're done talking about Terah Now let's talk about Avram Avinu. That's what the Ramban says. So it seems that there's something like that. But again, the Mizrahi and the you don't like the Ramban because they're like, we weren't talking about Terah. Like that makes sense. If you're talking about Yitzchak Avinu and then you want to stop and talk about Yaakov Avinu, that will say, all right, and then Yitzchak died, obviously later, and then we'll talk about Yaakov Avinu fully. But we weren't talking about Terah. There was no mention of Terach. He's just like on the side. Terach went with Avram Avinu to on the way to Eretz and that's that like we don't have a conversation about Terak in which we have to say all right and then Terak died this whole Pusik seems to be like you're just throwing it in for some reason why would that be so they don't like the run when it comes to that either but there are some things about this hold on a second why did he really leave his dad? Let's say his dad was a Russia. You don't think that Avraminu could have dealt with a Russia? Let's say Lech Lecha is stay away from your father. You'll never grow the way you can with, if you stay by your father. We really think that Avraminu would have never grown without his father. And I know we think of Avraminu as being this kind person who's about Chesed and goes around. Just remember this. And I've said this before, it's 100% true. Avraminu has murdered more people in his life than anyone in the history of mankind. He fought a war against the four kings and killed everyone, everyone. According to the Gemara, it could have been hundreds of thousands of people, and he had either him and 318 them or him and Eliezer Avram. and that's it. He is the biggest killer of all time. When most people would have said, oh, let's have a diplomatic solution and try to go for peace, Avramino gets out there and kills everyone on the battlefield. That's an amazing, amazing, crazy thing. An amazing, crazy thing. We think of Averino as the man of Chastity because he davened for the city of Sodom. But he did give up after a while. Once he understood that they were Rishayim and couldn't be saved, he said, then I'm out. Then I'm out. He didn't go down to the very last man. He didn't go down to that. He went down to 10 per city or whatever it is, maybe nine per city, right? And then he said, all right, if I, I don't get that, I'm out. I'm out. averino understood that there's a certain point where you say no. So you mean he couldn't have said that to his father? He couldn't have said if Terech was bothering or if Terech was bringing him down, he wouldn't have said that to his father? Why couldn't Terech come with him? And it would have been better for Terech. That would have been a greater thing for his father. So why wouldn't you make that happen? That seems really, really, really strange. The Yalas Hashachar actually learns, this is Rav learns from this, that if people don't know what you're doing and it looks like you're doing something improper, like leaving your father behind to go somewhere else, that could be considered a chalashem. And the Torah has to warn you about it because of that. It means that something looks bad here. Something looks wrong. What it is and how to go about them, what to understand. Well, why did Avram Avinu really leave his father? What was the real idea behind it? Okay, the Ora HaKadosh says the reason why is a very strange reason. He knew that most people die within five years of their father's death. Nachor died at the age of 148. At this point, Tarek was either 145 or 143. The Orachim says 143. I don't quite understand it. He has a crazy cheshven there. But it's 145 or 143. Since Avram knew... Most people die within five years of their father. His father only had a few more years to live. He's already 145. His father Nechor, his grandfather, Nechor, died at 148. Abram felt it wouldn't be right to bring him to Canaan because he didn't know how long it would be before he became famous and wealthy and whatever it is. And if he brings his father there, his father's going to die an ignominious death with no one at his funeral and no one will be around. In Haran, people knew Tarech. In Eretz Canaan, nobody knew Tarach. So therefore, says Zorah Haim she said, Dad, stay here. You'll die with family. You'll die with everybody around. People know you. If you come to it's Canaan with me, yeah, you'll have a couple years where it might be hard. We don't know what's going to happen. And eventually I'll be rich and wealthy, but I don't know what's going to happen. He said, it's better for you if you stay here. And that's what he told him. And that kind of makes sense. It kind of makes sense to be able to say to somebody, he felt that he was going to do something like that. Now, in Avram's khusi he happened to live another 60 years. That he didn't expect. Avraminu didn't expect. Why Terech didn't leave at that point, I don't know. I don't know. That doesn't make any sense to me. But the Rakhim says, that's what Avram was thinking, and that's why Avram left him. And then eventually, Terak, I guess, just got comfortable where he was. And that's that. Yaruz DeVash this is Rabbi Yonis and says in Chilak Beis, in Drush Yeralath, says people are, are not Chayiv in Kiburav if their father or their mother is a Russia, Their father or mother is a Russia. The only reason why the Rambam says you're Chayiv and kiburav, the aim even if your father is whatever, is doing avaris is because of Maris Ayim. If people see that you're not listening to your father, they'll think like, oh, this guy learns Torah and he doesn't have to listen to his dad. That'll look bad. But says the Rambam, the Rambam says you're chayiv, but only for a purpose of Maris Ayin. That's how Rabbi Yonas and understands that Rambam. Now that the Pusach is misparsim, it publicizes that he already died, there's no longer an issue of maris ayin, of kibar avaim, and that's why Avramina was able to leave. It's a little bit of a weird answer. It's like assuming that people knew the Pusach in the Torah at the time that Avram was alive. <laughs> that's a little strange. But either way, that's the idea that the Davash has over here, and that's that. Now, the Mea Mar- the- it, this is the Ishbitzer. The Ishbitzer lived at a time where it, it's like the fourth generation of Hasidim. And they were still establishing themselves. And the way the Ishbitzer and Reb Kakoin and that sort of side of Chasidus went, it was a very interesting way of looking at everything. He said, we all know the concept of Derech Eretz Torah, that a person has to have Derech Eretz before learning Torah, that a person has to be a good person, has to be out there. But once you get to that point where Derek Heretz is fully accomplished, you've done everything you need to do in Derek Heretz, then you can concentrate on Torah only. That's what he says. Derek Heretz comes before you start learning Torah. But once you start learning Torah, then you're allowed to do whatever you need to do to perfect your Torah learning. Now, there are other people who combine the two in some way, and therefore they become the people that they became, etc. Avram was past that point. He no longer had any requirement to work on Derek Arts. He had perfected his Derek Arts to such a point where anybody went up to him, he could say to them, yes, I, 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 I perfected that level of Derek Arts. I perfected my level of of Aim in whatever way that he was able to do it. At this point, and do remember, he's 75 at this time. He's not a kid. He's not a little kid. He's 75 years old. Then he was allowed to leave for Eretz Yisrael, for Eretz Canaan and immediately start learning Torah properly whatever that means and again because it's it's difficult we don't have the Torah right now so whatever Avraminu was learning that's the possibility that he would be involved in he would be doing shlomo yeah I, was just, I mean it's a nice the whole point plus is because of Mara I saying what well, well, this isn't a change anything the Me'er wouldn't say because of Marasayan. the Rambam does say you and keep it of the aim even though your fathers in Russia the Yore was saying it's because of Marasaiah But the Mashi Law isn't going with that idea. He's saying, no, there's a certain level that you can get to. Once you're past that level, you no longer have to work on those. Once you've perfected that mida, like let's say, for example, a person has absolutely perfected a certain mida of, let's say, kas, of, of anger. He can control his anger completely. That person, at that point, according to this idea, would be able to use anger whenever he wanted to. Because he's perfected. Now that's difficult because most people aren't really perfecting their Mitos and they're not really there. So if they get angry, it might be that they're actually getting angry and it's a bad thing. But it's possible that a person can get to that point and Avraminu was at that point. And therefore, he was able to say, all right, I no longer have to worry about it. I'm not doing it anymore. And then comes the Lubavitcher Rebbe. In Likute Sichos, He says the Rush Paskins in Kiddush and there's an issue when a son is the Rebbe of his father. Meaning if the son becomes the Rav and the father is his Talmud, now you have Akasha. Who stands up for who? Who stands up for which person at what time? So because of that, the Marami rutenberg Marami Ruttenberg, his father was not a great Talmud Chacham. He himself became the Marami Ruttenberg, a huge Tzaddik and a huge Talmud Chacham, love rav of a city and an author, right? So he, didn't, he refused to meet his father from that point on because he had a real Shiloh. He didn't know if he should stand up for his father, I'll keep it or if his father should stand up for him because he's the rough. And his father was not. So Ma'arim, Rami Rutenberg, once he was appointed, he wasn't sure what to do. Terach was undoubtedly the student of Avramin. We can, we can say that without a question, right? Because Avram taught monotheism. He taught about God and everything was there. So the same suffolk existed at this point. And it makes sense then, says Lukut hijos, that he would leave and not Worry about that Shiloh of keep it up the Aim because who's going to stand up for who at what point? There probably was something that Avram was worried about. Am I supposed to stand up for dad or is dad supposed to stand up for me? So he left at that point and didn't have anything to do with his father. I think that's an easier thing to say back in the day when people didn't travel that much anyway. The traveling was very sparse to begin with and people didn't see their parents very often. How many times did parents actually go to the weddings of their kids? I think that was very, it was a rarity, especially all the way back then. So because of that, that makes that it it's some, something a little bit different. Interestingly, this is a rokeach and a tour. These are Rishonim that say that Avram was there when his dad died. Meaning, his father died in Haran. And Avram went back to Haran. When he was 130 years old, 130 years old and his dad died at 205, he went back, 135, I should say, 135 years old, he went back. And that's why we mentioned the death here. Similar to how we mentioned the death of everyone before this, right? Up until that point, their sons were there before their father's death. So Avram also made sure to be there when his father died. That's why his death is placed right by next to where Avram left for Eretz Canaan, because he only came back... his father's death he never left Eretz Canaan after that obviously if he went to Mitzrayim etc from that point on the other balitosas say the exact opposite from Adam until Lemech Lemech being the father of Noah their sons were there to testify that their dads died if somebody went up to to and say did your father die she said chase would say yes I saw my father die when Enosh right Enosh could say, I know my father, Shays, died. They were all there. For each one of them, they saw the only exception was Chanoch because Chanoch was lived a very short life, 365 years, as opposed to like 900s, etc. But each one of them, and that's why the puzzle says Vayamos, and he died, because they saw the death. They could testify about the death. But after Noah, people began spreading out throughout the world. They weren't there when their father died. Since they weren't there when their father died, they couldn't testify about it, which is why in Parsha's Noah, when we go through the generations, it doesn't say by Amos. Nobody could see the death of the father in front of them. They weren't there. They weren't around those people. Only by Terach, because Avraminu went back to go see his father before he died and watched him die. Therefore, we have a test, we have an edus, and he died. And that's how we know that he actually died more than anything else. It's interesting. Now, you get to the end of the parsha, right? The very, very last word is the word, that he passed away in Haran. Rashi says that the nun in Haran is backward. Now, that means that even though normally a nun would look like that, like a regular, like with the little thing on top, almost like the little yod on top, this one was faced the other way, and the is that way. We do not have this in our Torah. Our Torah does not have the Nun in that way. But he says, it's interesting, that up until Avram Vinu, there was Ah in the world. There was an anger of Hashem in the world. That's because the generations went on. From Noach, the people became worse and worse, angering Akadosh Baruch until Avram showed up and turned it around. He took that Af, that anger of Akadosh Baruch and turned it around completely. No longer was God angry at the world, and that's that. So the Chidah says from the Minchas Shai that it should be written with the bottom of the Nun going up and going to the right instead of going straight down. I don't know exactly what that means, but it's sort of like this. Like you have the Nun, the Yud, and then instead of going down, it would be like this. It would go like that. Like straight out that way, like to there. Like it would be a Resh and then a Nun and then back. Like that, not that the nun is turned around, but that the nun goes like that. We don't have that. Again, we don't have any nun like that. But Rabbi Akiva called it a nun Migulgelis, gelis, a rolled out nun, and darshaned it. He said, "Anyone who is humble and lowly will be brought back up by Hashem and be given a chilek in olam haba." He says this might be what Rashi means. Avram was a person who said, I'm dust and dirt. He considered himself mamish nothing. And therefore he took the world, the world, which had constantly going down and down further and turned them in the right direction. I know that's cute. I don't mean to say it as like a pun, but like he took the world that was going down and he brought them back. And that's the charonaph. That's the idea behind the drush of bringing that back. And it was his chus that stopped that anger in the world itself. Sounds really cool to be able to say that. Now, the Panech Raza says the reason why we do this here in the Pasuk, why here? Why are we saying over here? This is not where Avram was born. This is where Terach died. So why hint here that Avram stopped anger in the world? Why is that a hint here? Says the Panech Raza, because we didn't want to end the Parsha on a bad note. We try not to end with death in a Parsha. That's a bad thing to end a partial with. So instead, we're going to say a hint to something positive that happened after his death that Avram brought back the world, that Avram was able to get everybody back, and that's that. The chidah says it's possible that it refers to Terach doing tshuva at the end of his life, that at the end of his life, he brought himself back, maybe because of Avram himself, and eventually he got his tikkun. Everybody knows Terach was misgalgal, he had a gilgal into EO. And Tarak's wife, Amaslai bas who was Avram's mother. So Amaslai, she was misgalgal into Eov's wife. Now, some say that Eov's wife was Dina. That would be an interesting connection. I, I don't know if Amaslai and Dina are totally connected with each other, but it seems that there's something connected with them. So La'asid... In the future, not yet, but maybe in the future, the charon af would leave him. And that's going to be by Eiv. After he got the surin that he deserved for doing to Avramino what he did, allowing him to be thrown into the Kiv then he had the charon af removed. And it's all reference to, to Terach himself and not just to Avramino himself. Now, the Rabbeinu Bahaya really likes the second answer of the Ramban above. He says Terach was a rush until the end of his life, including the end of his life. He suggests that this might be the reason why the nun is turned around because the Charon Af was there in the world because of Terach. He caused the anger in this world, but he still received the reward because Avram turned it back around. That's Eddie behind it. And he also says that maybe it's a hint to the 2,000 years of, of Tohu ending, and the 2,000 years of Torah starting. Maybe that's that. Whenever you see a letter that's messed up in the Torah in some way, big, small, dots on top of it, no dots on top of it, right? There's a message to be learned from, in the revealed parts of the Nun Sharabina that are in the Torah, maybe that's the lesson to be learned right over there. Now, I I will tell you, the Chesam Sober kind of throws away this entire thing. He says he retranslates the whole words of the Pasuk, all the words of the Pasuk. Yamas terech b'choram. Means the whole time before Avram was serving Hashem, there was anger in the world, and Tarak was considered dead because he was a Russia, but he was only considered dead in Haran because he later left and did Shuva. Maybe that's why the word is written in past tense, not by Yamos, but by Yamas, that he died. He was dead when he was a Russia back in Haran itself. But when Tarak gave birth to Avram and Binu at the age of 70, it took Avram and Vinu. Two twenty years to become a Shin. There were around fifty years that Terach would have been punished for acting like a Russia before he started doing Shuvah. and that's where the backwards nun comes from. The backwards nun is for the fifty, the fifty years that Terach deserved to be punished. For not listening to Aparminu when he should have. And that's when he was called a mace, and that's that. But he did do tshuva. He did turn himself around, and that's why the nun is turned around. So it's all about him. It's all about Terech and what he did, and that's the idea behind it. There is a Chanukah Sator over here. It's a very strange shot. If anybody looks up the Rebbe Rapeshel, I have it on the sheets, but you could also just look it up yourself. It's right there, and that's that. The Chida was asked, why not darshan it the same way it's in Balosha? Remember, Osha, there are backwards nuns. So why not say this is a backwards nun? It's supposed to mean that it's in the wrong place. And that's perfect because this pasik is in the wrong place, right? It shouldn't be here. It should be somewhere else because it's not in chronological order. Why not say something like that? So he says that's different. Because over there, the nuns by Baloscha are not part of the Pusik. They're just in the Torah. It says Vayibin and right before there's a random nun. At the very end of Yomar, Shuvasham And there's, there's a random nun. The nun is not part of the word. It's just two random nuns. So that, that must be to throw it somewhere else. It really belongs somewhere else. But here, the nun is part of the word. It's part of the word Haran. So it can't mean that, says the, the whats it called? says the Chida. That can't be. There's a kol Yehuda and an igrit akala. There's another answer over here, right? But I, I think that's the most obvious thing in the world. You can't do something like that. Now, he does say... Arugas Abosam brings down that this is something a little bit beyond me, but the name Yudke Vavke, if you take Yudke Vavke, and you spell it out in all of its different ways, so just Yudke Vavke itself is 26, right? Yud, then Hey, then Vav, then Hey is the gematria of 26. If you spell it out, Yud as in Yud Vav Hei as in Hey Aleph, Vav as in Vav Aleph Vav, and Hey is He Aleph. That's a gematria of 45. That's also a name of a called the Shame Mem He. There's another way of doing it. Yud and then Hey He and then Vav Vav, and then Hey Hey, and that's 52, which is another name of Kurdish Baruch. There's another way of doing it. Yud, and then, I forgot what it is. I think it's Hey Hey, then Vav Yud Vav, and then Hey Hey, and that's 63. And then there's another way of doing it, which is Yud, Yud Vav Dalet, Hey Yud, Vav Yud Vav, Hey Yud. And if you do that, it's 72, and that's supposed to represent the 72 name. If you take those numbers, 26 plus 45 plus 52 plus 63 plus 72, (laughs) it's 258, which is a gematria of Charon, the area of Charon itself. However, a Nun Pshuta, a long Nun, is actually the gematria of 700, because if you do Tuf is 400, Chaf Sofis is 500, Mem Sofis is 600, Nun Sofis is 700, Sophis uh, is 800, sofis is 900, and then what comes after 900? A thousand, right? Is Aleph, which is really Aleph, and you start all over again, that's where it goes. You ever wonder why like 5783 is He, Tufshin, Because once you get past to a thousand, the gematria for a thousand is the letters all over again. Aleph is Aleph. For 1000 bays is 2000 gimel is 3000 you just keep going all the way so there is no end to the numbers it just keeps going so i've got a problem now harun is not the gematra of 258 to represent hakadosh bar who's you know rachamin coming back from his anger it really is 700 right it's together 908 so, what's pshat? So, the answer is that's why they changed around the nun, switching it around so that it's only like a regular nun, so that it represents the Chesed of Akadosh Baruch Hu. There's one last thing that I really want to do over here. And yeah, I have the rokeach and the Rabbi Noah and the Menuzi Tech over here, but this is really, this darsh Moshe, Ramosha Feinstein, says something beautiful. He says the following He says, Technically, there were still Ovde Avodazara after Avraminu taught Torah. He taught Torah. But there were many people who didn't believe in Avram, Vinu, and there were many people who were still worshiping idols. Nimrod was still alive. There were other people, the Kananim, the Plishtim, the Mitzrayim, were all worshiping their gods, even though Avram, Vinu, was teaching Torah. So how do we say that it's the 2,000 years of Torah when Avram started learning Torah if the world was still doing Avorah And even before Avram, forget about Avram, Vinu, Noach learned Torah. Shame learned Torah and Aver learned Torah. Before Avram, there was still a yeshiva Shame the Aver. And even after Avram Vinu, there's a yeshiva Shame the Aver. So what I, there's even a medrash that says that Avram Vinu learned by yeshiva Shame the Aver for 18 years. He was by yeshiva Shame Aver, so he did learn something. Whatever that Torah was, Rabbi Yaakov has his famous pshat, it's Torah Schutzler, it's Torah of how to live among nation, the nations. Either way, there still was Torah. So what did Avram do that allowed for Torah to be there as if he started everything, he did everything different? And the answer is, no one was willing to give up their lives to fight for Hashem. Yeshiva Shem v'Ever existed. They existed, but no one taught their children anything. If a person wanted to learn about God, they went to Yeshiva Shem v'Ever. And in Yeshiva Shem v'Ever, they would learn more about God. But there was no recruitment. There was no proselytizing. They weren't going around saying, come to our yeshiva so you can learn about God. They didn't try to lose their lives. They said, shame and Aver. We're like, look, we know it's true. We have no question that God is true. If you want to listen to us, great. If you want to argue with us, go somewhere else. We're not, we're not into that. We're not, we're not like that. There's an Torah down the street. We're the mere yeshiva, and we're not into that sort of stuff. We just want to sit and learn. And that's all it was. Avram began convincing people to learn with him and join his yeshiva. And that was the huge difference between them. And this is not a knockdown of the Mir versus Orson Neach, and Esh. That's not the point. That now there because those yeshivas exist, therefore there can be a mirror, obviously. But the idea behind it is, is that Avram Vinu was the first person to have ever been willing to go up to people and say, You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You want to fight about it? Let's fight. Let's fight. We can fight philosophically. We can fight by you throwing me in an oven, and I'm sure I'm going to survive. I have no problem doing it. He was willing to give up his life for everything. And that's why there was haron af in the world. There was anger in the world. Why? Because, yes, there was Yeshiva Shein There were a couple people that were sitting in a base medrash, maybe with a little mikvah, who were sitting and learning about God. But they kept to themselves. They wanted nothing to do with the world. And they were just their own little place. Says the the rest of the world is suffering, and you're sitting there and doing nothing? You're doing nothing about it? You have the ability to help and you're not doing anything to be able to help? That's the charon af. The charon was there for the world to be destroyed. And Avraminu turned around Hashem's outlook at the, on the world. The world was judged favorably, favorably because he existed. That's the idea behind it. And he says the craziest thing, says Ramosha. I don't, I don't know where this is from. He didn't give a source for it. When charon is in the world, then tzaddikim are judged individually based on what they did and therefore the world is judged in a bad way because the tzaddikim don't help the world. To get rid of Kharonath means that tzaddikim influenced the world and therefore the whole world is treated with Rachamim. The whole world is changed. B'charon, right, with the names of HaKadosh Bar, who to show rachamim that there's something there. And therefore, everything was changed. And maybe that's what Rev Wolfson means. Rev Wolfson says, Bechoran stands for Ruach Nachon Chadesh Bekirbi. A new Ruach was made within me. It's the start of a brand new era where he would lead the world. It's the end of the previous Parshos of destruction, the Mabul, of the Migdal Bubble, and everything bad that happened during that time. From now on, the focal point will be Avram Avinu, then Yitzchak then Yaakov then Yosef there could be billions of things going on in the world and God doesn't care he cares about the Avos he cares about the Shvatim he cares about Bnei Yisrael and Mitzrayim he cares about Bnei Yisrael when they left Mitzrayim and with all these things going on with the history book being filled and replete with stories and ideas that are happening throughout the entire world and nothing else matters because from now on we are the Ruach Nachon chadish Yisrael the bechoron that changed and turned around that backwards nun that changed everything about HaKadosh Baruch who's going to look at the world Dave, what we going to ask? Uh, how does that work with the uh, Avram thing? Meaning, what you're saying now, at the end, is actually what I was bringing up, which is that it seems like uh, the goal of Judaism is that we don't, we don't proselytize, we stick within our own, and we try to keep our, ourselves or our strong. if you're chabad and you're out there trying to get a Jew to do a mitzvah. A Jew. A Jew to do a mitzvah. Yeah. Right? But we're not going out there with our tent to the rest of the world saying, hey, do what we're doing, and you're wrong. And the, the, so the, that, that, that changed. And it seems like whatever came from that sort of got washed away or assimilated into the world because really only the Zion of Abraham continued on the... That changed with the Torah. Once the Torah was given and the wording of the Gemara and Bava Kama and Lamed is they said no, right? When they said no to being, to receiving the Torah, then... That is okay. So we have our job to do. They have something else. There's another reason why they're there. Whatever it is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has them in the world. But that's different. Why is there? Why isn't that the the Choronaf? The Choronaf is only based on Kalal Yisrael now. Before that Torah, the Choronaf was based on the world and therefore you needed an Avram to improve the world. But now the Choronaf is only based on Kalal Yisrael. Yeah, for sure. They have their own job, but that's a totally different point. The Choronaf is only based on what Claudius Yisrael do. There's either a Choronaf by us or there's no Choronaf at all. There's no need for that Choronaf by other nations. That's the concept behind it of what happens after the Torah. Now, the only problem behind this is if the word Choronaf does not appear by any other nation throughout the Nevi'im, this would work out perfectly. I don't know if that's true. I, I'd have to look, you know, like if Choronaf appears in any which way by any of the other nations out there. So. And this people started... No, the opposite. They purposely did not need people to come because it's all about them at Do that point. They were allowed to, if they wanted to, but yeah. no trying to get all them to come in. Nations free, Why would they? Okay. they would yeah, you're right. <laughs> and that's pretty much Rab. it. They didn't. They just didn't. The Arab Rab were joining, you know, in some way, shape, or form, but we didn't proselytize. We didn't ask for them to come. And even Moshe Rabbeinu, he agreed to it. Wasn't well, a great thing for everybody. Unfortunately. All right, we'll stop with that, everybody. Daven Marov, now.